0: All right, family, the song to kick off this podcast is Blue Skies by our beloved brother Eshaan Burgundy. Make sure you get the song on all music platforms as well as you can check it out on YouTube. Link will be in the description.
1: What you making in the sky, my king, king? Is that new Jerusalem my see, see You giving sight to the blind, my king Your children can't wait till you come down, my king, 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 yeah Prophecy coming to pass Psychological war when the chosen is in it fast Don't ever stop short, your head might just go through the glass Buy the truth and sell it not. it's the most valuable thing you have Liars gon' hate you, manipulators, they gon' say you trash Cowards gon' comment on your posts on fake pages, just laugh You blessed when people call you evil for the sake of Yah his love is inconceivable. It put away my crimes. He lead his sheep by the still waters, then turn the lakes to wine. So many prayers, how does mine deserve a response? Uh, that's a gift, it's no boasting and being chosen. But your emotions, you gotta rule. Remain in discipline and focus. If you bow out, then it's hopeless. Don't terminate your devotion. Demons destroy peace with commotion. Sit by the ocean. Don't get peeled up when it feel rough. Get built up in the spirit. Part of me as I tilt my cup, I'm trying to fill you up with these lyrics. Yeah. What the most high making in that blue sky? A new heaven for you and I. Calm down. A new heaven for you and I. Calm down. New Jerusalem make me wanna cry. Yeah, and my faith ain't up for debate Transparency is the topic of discussion when I pray And apparently I was eight when destiny started taking shape Yeah, I stepped into this place with a recipe for the hate I love my neighbor like I love myself and bless him with a plate And like Jonathan's revelation, it was a scroll that we just ate I'm in a solar power state and I'm melanated by grace Who knows, today could be the day he blows the trumpet in our face Could be the end and then beginning like Esau and Jacob It'll be the beginning of the end once we decide to wake up Stop pulling these capers, chewing on raisins, touching up faces like makeup, back to the basics. Throwing on ASICs, dipping on Satan, running amok. My father, the greatest creator of the sun that's above. Got too many haters. You hate, cause it's the shade that you love. Don't do me no favors. My faith is in the rock of ages. When I'm on these stages, I'm faceless. He get all the praises. what you making in the sky, my king? King is that New Jerusalem my see. See, you giving sight to the blind, my king. Your children can't wait till you come down, my king, 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 king. What the Most High making in that blue sky? A new heaven for you and I. Calm down. Do A new heaven for you and I. down. Do A new heaven for you and I.
0: All right. That was Blue Skies by Eshawn Burgundy. Blue Skies by Eshawn Burgundy. You guys can go ahead and follow him on Instagram. Subscribe to him on YouTube and make sure you download that song. It's on all music platforms. My wife really likes this song. So beloved brother Eshawn Burgundy, if you're hearing this, my wife actually put me onto this track and she loves it a lot. Thank you so much. Shalom, shalom, and shalom, my brothers and sisters, mishpachah, which means family in Hebrew. This is the Guard Your Garment Podcast. I am your host, Shamar the Bread, and this is a Torah study, the Torah portion for Genesis chapters 9 through 12. So we're going to have to do it in this uh, pre-recorded audio format for a while while I'm trying to get uh, settled in out here and figure some things out because I don't have enough time to... Go live and read the Torah on live. But uh, yeah, this Torah portion is Genesis 9 through 12. And uh, put in the comments uh, whether or not you guys want me to include the Jasher and Jubilees portion that lines up with this as well. Rather than just waiting until you guys get to my notes to see what uh, it says in Jasher and Jubilees. All those details that are missing in Genesis. I think uh, if you guys let me know in the comments, I think I'm just going to do it on my own. But let me know in the comments if you want me to make separate portions reading those as well. But uh, yeah, this is the way we're going to do it for a while. Thank you guys for bearing with me. I know it's been about two or three weeks since the last Torah portion, if I'm not mistaken. But without further ado, uh, let's get to it. Genesis 9 through 12. Shalom, shalom and shalom. All right, let's turn to Genesis chapter 9. And Elohim blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and increase and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you is on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the heavens, on all that creeps on the ground and on all the fish of the sea into your hand. They have been given every creeping creature that lives is food for you. I have given you all as I gave the green plants, but do not eat flesh with its life, its blood. So quick disclaimer, you know. I, like i said i want the word to go first before i throw my notes in there but you know just just genesis 9 3 has been misused so badly and if you read the chapters leading up to this event the most high show noah the clean and unclean animals so that the, the the rule does not just change out of nowhere and then genesis 9 3 is saying that you can just eat an unclean animal Let's continue. All right. We're at uh, verse five, but only your blood for your lives. I require from the hand of every beast. I require it and from the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother. I require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood is shed for in the image of Elohim. Has he made man as for you? Be fruitful and increase. Bring forth teemingly in the earth and increase in it. And Elohim spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I and I see I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living being that is with you of the birds of the cattle and of every beast of the earth with you of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. And I shall establish my covenant with you. And never again is all flesh cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again is there a flood to destroy the earth. And Elohim said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living being that is with you for all generations to come. I shall set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I shall remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living being of all flesh. And never again let the waters become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the rainbow shall be in the cloud and I shall see it to remember the everlasting covenant between Elohim and every living being of all flesh that is on the earth. And Elohim said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant, which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem. Ham and Japheth, and Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and all the earth was overspread from them and Noah, a man of the soil, began and planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunk, and he became and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. So Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. But their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine, and he knew what his younger son had done to him. And he said, "'Cursed is Canaan. Let him become a servant of servants to his brothers.' And he said, Blessed be Yahuwah, the Elohim of Shem, and let Canaan become his servant. Let Elohim enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan become his servant. And Noah lived after the flood three hundred and fifty years. So all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years, and he died. Genesis chapter 10. And this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Medi, and Yawan, and Tubal, and Meshech, and Tiras, and the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and Riphath, and Tagarma, and the sons of Yawan, Elisha, and Tarshish, Kitim, and Dodanim. From these, the coastland peoples of the nations were separated into their lands, everyone according to his language, according to their clans, into their nations, and the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mithraim, and Put, and Canaan. And the sons of Cush, Seba, and Hawilah and Sabta, and Ramah, and Septica, and the sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dedan. And Cush brought forth Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before Yahuwah. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before Yahuwah. And the beginning of his reign was Babel, and Erech and Akkad, and Kalna, and the land of Shinar, also known as Samaria, by the way. From that land he went to Asher and built Nineveh and rehoboth and Kela and Resin between Nineveh and Kela, the great city. And Mithraim brought forth Ludim and Anamim and Lehabim and Naphtuhim and Pathrusim and Kashlihim, from whom came the Philistines and Kaphtarim. And Canaan brought forth Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth and the Yebusite and the Amorite and the Girgashite, and the Hivite and the Archite and the Sinite and the Arwadite and the Semarite and the Hamathite and afterward the clans of the Canaanites were spread abroad. And the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon, as you go toward Girar, as far as Azah, as you go toward as you go toward Saddam, and Amora and Adma and Zeboyim as far as Lashah. These were the sons of Ham, according to their clans, according to their languages and their lands and their nations, and also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of japheth the older children were born, the sons of Shem, Elam, and Asher, and Arpachshad, and Lud, and Aram, and the sons of Aram, Uz, and Hul, and Gether, and Mash, and our Pakshad brought forth Shelah, and Shelah brought forth Eber, and to Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Yoktan. And Yoktan brought forth Almadad, and Shelef, and Hatsarmaweth, and Yerah, and Hadaram, and Uzal, and Dikla and Obal and Abimael, and Sheba, and Ophir, and Hawilah, and Yobab. And these were sons of Yotan. And their dwelling place was from Mesha, as you go towards Sephar, a mountain of the east. These were the sons of Shem, according to their clans, according to their languages, in their lands, according to their nations. These were the clans of the sons of Noah, according to their generations, in their nations. And from these, the nations were divided on the earth after the flood. Genesis 11. And all the earth had one language and one speech, and it came to be as they set out from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens, and make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered over all the face of the earth. Then Yahuwah came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And Yahuwah said, Look, they are one people, and they have one language. And this is what they begin to do. And now they are not going to be withheld from doing whatever they plan to do. Come, let us go there and confuse their language so that they do not understand one another's speech. And Yahuwah scattered them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. That is why its name was called Babel, because there Yahuwah confused the language of all the earth, and from there Yahuwah scattered them over the face of all the earth. This is the genealogy of Shem. Shem was a 100 years old and brought forth Arpakshad two years after the flood. And after he brought forth our Pakshad, Shem lived 500 years and brought forth sons and daughters. And our Pakshad lived 35 years and brought forth Shelah. And after he brought forth Shelah, Parkshad lived 403 years and brought forth sons and daughters. And Shelah lived 30 years and brought forth Eber. And after he brought forth Eber... Shelah lived 403 years and brought forth sons and daughters and Eber lived 34 years and brought forth Peleg and after he brought forth Peleg Eber lived 430 years and brought forth sons and daughters and Peleg lived 30 years and brought forth Reu and after he brought forth Reu Peleg lived 209 years and brought forth sons and daughters And Reu lived 32 years and brought forth Sarug, and after he brought forth Sarug, Reu lived 207 years and brought forth sons and daughters. And Sarug lived 30 years and brought forth Nahor, and after he brought forth Nahor, Sarug lived 200 years and brought forth sons and daughters, and Nahor lived 29 years and brought forth Terah. And after he brought forth Terah, Nahor lived 119 years and brought forth sons and daughters. And Terah lived 70 years and brought forth Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And this is the genealogy of Terah. Terah brought forth Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran brought forth Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his birth in ur Kasdim. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Yiska. And Sarai was barren, she had no child. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife. And they went out with them from Ur-Castin to go to the land of Canaan. And they went to Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah came to be 205 years and Terah died in Haran, Haran. Genesis chapter 12, And Yahuwah said to Abram, Go yourself out of your land from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I show you. And I shall make you a great nation and bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I shall bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you all the clans of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram left as Yahuwah had commanded him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the beings whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they came to the land of Canaan. And Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth trees of, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, at the time the Canaanites were in the land. And Yahuwah appeared to Abram and said, To your seed I give this land. And he built there a slaughter place to Yahuwah, who had appeared to him. And from there, he moved to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And he built there a slaughter place to Yahuwah and called the name, and called on the name of Yahuwah. And Abram set out, continuing toward the south. And the scarcity of food came to be in the land. And Abram went down to Mitzrayim to sojourn there. Mitzrayim is Egypt, by the way. For the scarcity of food was severe in the land. And it came to be when he was close to entering Mitzrayim, Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, see, I know that you are a beautiful woman to look at. And it shall be when the Mitzrites Egyptians see you that they shall say this is his wife and they shall kill me, but let you live. Please say you are my sister so that it should be well with me for your sake and my life be spared because of you. And it came to be when Abram came into Mitzrayim that the Mitzrites saw the woman that she was very beautiful and Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her Before Pharaoh and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house, and he treated Abraham well for her sake, and he had sheep and cattle and male donkeys and male and female servants and female donkeys and camels. But Yahuwah plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not inform me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? And so I was going to take her from my wife. Look, here is your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. And they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. All right, guys. So that was the reading portion, Genesis chapters 9 through 12. And there's a a lot of details in uh, Jasher and Jubilee's. And because we see the, the 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 lineage of the sons of Noah in Genesis 10, and we hear about the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, and with Abraham leaving Ur Kasdim and the whole thing with Pharaoh in Egypt and Sarai, and there's a lot of details regarding this that what that is in Genesis and Jubilees. Genesis and Jubilees used to be in our Bibles unfortunately, due to the dispersion of the children of Israel and, you know, all the tribes went their separate ways, you know, uh, these books that used to be in our Bibles and were removed by the powers that be were only preserved with certain people. So you have the book of Jubilees was preserved by the Jews in Ethiopia and you have the book of Jasher that was preserved by, uh, uh, Jews in that were in uh, Europe and stuff like that. And that were spread across certain places. But both of the books, I personally believe that Jubilees and Jasher are both true. There's some discrepancies in them as well. You know, there's stuff happens, you know, they didn't have printers and computers back then to, you know, put documents in the cloud and pass around and proofread. Everything was done by hand. And, you know, like with Jasher, like imagine, you know, your whole library gets burned down and you can only save 95 percent of a scroll and you kind of got to fill in the blanks where things are faded etc so for all you guys wondering like hey this one verse is different from this one verse in jubilees and jasher or this story in jubilees and this story in jasher sounds kind of the same but there's a little bit differences here and there it's because they were preserved differently by israelites but you know in different parts of the world you know it's like if I me and my brother got kicked out of my mom's house and, you know, I moved to China. He moves to England and, you know, a couple generations down the line. The story is the same, but certain details get, you know, the, the things happen. But uh, with that being said, uh, uh, I'm going to read. I'm not going to read all of Jasher because this these four chapters of Genesis, Genesis 9 through 12 span Jasher chapter 7 to Jasher chapter 15, verse 34, and Jubilees chapter 6 to Jubilees chapter 13, verse 15. So guys, you can let me know in the comments uh, over on YouTube, or if you go to uh, Instagram uh, or uh, TikTok, where I like announcing stuff, and you guys can let me know if you want me to start reading that in the episodes as well. But I'm just going to go through uh, key portions here from my notes. Uh, For for the notes portion, for everyone who just wanted to hear Genesis 9 through 12, you know, this is where it stops and then this is where the notes kick in. And then, of course, we hit our little uh, commercial break and then we'll go ahead and get into these notes for all the people who want to read Jasher and Jubilees with me and go through the full thing. uh, It's uh, Jasher chapter 7 to chapter 15, verse 34 and Jubilees chapter 6 to chapter 13, verse 15, and that covers uh Genesis 9 through 12. All right, family, the song for the commercial break will be You Alone by our beloved sister, Shira Rose. You can check her out on TikTok and on YouTube. The link to her music will be in the bio. Make sure you give her a follow and a subscribe. The song is You Alone by Ashira Rose. Mm-hmm. family title of that song was you alone by our beloved sister Ashira rose the link to her youtube and her tiktok is in the description go ahead and give her a subscribe and give her a follow she makes great content the name of the song is you alone by Ashira rose all right guys so we have reached the notes portion of this torah portion so for you guys who are new here uh, we're about three Torah portions in now, you know, this one's like pretty late, by a couple of weeks. Uh, so essentially, in the beginning, we read the word first and let the word speak for itself. And then afterward, I share my notes. That way, my uh, my notes and my understanding of things according to scripture is conflated with what the scripture says. And I just, you know, share the notes of the verses that stood out to me and the supporting verses that I uh, cross-referenced to understand and you know the the, I would love to get feedback from you guys whether you guys disagree or agree with certain things or whether you can help me receive more understanding on something maybe I skipped something this is what the notes portion is for so you know I encourage you guys to read with me and then we can all share our notes basically you could check my notes against yours and if you want you could share your notes in the comments Uh, or you could go to the link tree and email me So, let's go ahead and do this. So, the notes that I have for Genesis chapter 9 verses 5 and 6, I cross-reference that with Matthew chapter 26 verse 52 and Revelation chapter 13 verse 9 through 10. So, Genesis chapter 9 verse 5 and 6 says, But only your blood for your lives I require, from the hand of every beast I require it, and from the hand of man. From the hand of every man's brother, I require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood is shed. For in the image of Elohim has he made man. So this is post-flood instructions. And he's letting Noah and his sons know, hey, you are all brothers. We are all descended from either Shem, Ham, or Japheth. But at the end of the day, we're all descended from Noah, who is descended from Adam. and We were made in the image of the Most High in the name of his son, And we shouldn't be out here killing each other. You know, obviously there's a difference between self-defense and, you know, and and all of that. But to just go out and just kill a man because you don't like him, as you see with Cain and Abel and all these other instances that you see on the news. And even, unfortunately, like gangster rap, where people just rap about killing people like it's nothing. Like, lives matter, man. Lives, Lives matter. And this is the punishment, the Most High is saying, like, whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood is shed. From the image of Elohim has he made man. Think about all these people who are proud killers, who think that killing is fun. You know, gangmen, racketeers, gangsters, they're always looking over their shoulders. They're always paranoid because deep down, whether they understand it or not, right, Adam was made with the spirit of God in him. We We have the spirit of God in us because we descended from Adam. Naturally, it's in us whether you want to believe in him or not, the understanding of that. And then that cross-reference, Matthew 26, verse 52. Then Yahshua said to him, Return your sword to its place, for all who take the sword shall die by the sword. Or do you think that I am not able to pray to my father now, and he shall provide me with more than 12 legions of messengers? How then would the scriptures be filled that it has to be this way? And remember the other scripture, vengeance is mine, says Yahuwah. And then right here, we have Revelation chapter 9. But my bad, not chapter 9, chapter 13, chapter 13, verses 9 and 10. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who brings into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword has to be killed with the sword. Here is the endurance and belief of the saints, a.k.a. the Kodashim a.k.a. the set-apart ones, right? And who are they? That's in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. The saints, who are we? And the Revelation 12, 17, the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to fight with the remnant of her seed, those guarding the commands of Elohim and possessing the witness of Yahshua Messiah. So that's important to know, you know, When I first came into this truth, I couldn't let go of listening to gangster rap and it affected my fruits of the spirit. How could I say that I was a child of the Most High while listening to gangster rap and condoning the wicked lyrics and all that and going, oh, well, that's not me, but the song sounds cool. Like, no, that is not cool. And we should not be desensitized to violence and evil. And then the next note I have for Genesis chapter 9 verses 11 to 17 Where Yahuwah says, And I shall establish my covenant with you, and never again is all flesh cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again is there a flood to destroy the earth. And Elohim said, This is a sign of the covenant which I make between me and you, and every living being that is with you for all generations to come. I shall set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant. Between me and the earth, and it shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I shall remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living being of all flesh. And never again let the waters become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I shall see it to remember the everlasting covenant between Elohim and every living being of all flesh that is on the earth. And Elohim said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant, which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. How powerful is that? When we see the rainbow after a thick storm, right? That is the most high Yahuwah Bahashem Hashem, in the name of his son, who is our high priest and our king saying, hey, do not be afraid. I'm not going to flood you guys like I did in the great flood. Unfortunately, man has perverted that symbol and made it a symbol of false pride, of of abomination pride, you know. And those people are not abominations. The act is an abomination. Hate the sin, not the sinner. We have to pray for those people to repent because they don't know. Even if you look up the the statistics, people who are part of that community receive some form of sexual abuse as children and couldn't differentiate one or the other or learn to like it as a means of survival or feeling outcast it's its its real bad stuff, man, the psychology behind it, and the demons behind it, because those people, if you ask them all, is rooted in some sort of negative experience that they receive sexually at the hands of, of, of a predator, aka someone who is demon-possessed, and, you know, it, it goes down to the rainbow is seven colors, right? This is like, for you to understand a promise, the rainbow is seven colors, because there are seven domes, as we learn in Genesis chapter 1, right?, The seven domes, the seven firmaments, and the creation was seven days. That's his signature. The seven domes, the seven firmaments, and the seven days of creation, that's his signature. That's his stamp saying, boom, you see that? Those colors and all of that, that's that's him letting us know that the flood is not going to happen again. And rain, in my opinion, should be a remembrance. Every time it rains, maybe we should cut our phones off and just enjoy the rain. Because as you see in Leviticus uh, 26, when you read Leviticus 26, he says, if you obey my commands, right, that rain will come in its season. And look at all the drought that's going about right now. Look at all the flooding where there shouldn't be flooding. Look at all the rain where there shouldn't be rain and the drought in places where it should be raining. With all these food shortages. Think about it, man. He's he's, he's punishing the world for its disobedience and calling people to repent before Messiah comes and, and delivers the vengeance of the Most High. So I think we should remember rain and appreciate rain because the time's going to come where we're not going to have that luxury in the last day. So let, let, let's enjoy the rain and let's get out of our devices and, you know, enjoy that. And so uh, another note I have is for Genesis chapter 9, verses 20 to 25. And this is, and Noah, a man of the soil, began and planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunk, and became uncovered in his tent, so he was naked. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. So Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father, but their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine, and he knew what his younger son had done to him. And he said, Cursed is Canaan, let him become a servant of servants to his brothers. And he said, Blessed be Yahuwah, the Elohim of Shem, and let Canaan become his servant. So, unfortunately, in the in certain Gnostic spaces, basically in a whole bunch of places that wanna, that are kind of racist, on, among other things, they like to say that Ham went and basically, you know, took advantage of his father while he was naked, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to get into that. If you know, you know. Um, And this is not it. This is not the case at all. You have to understand Noah was a high priest, right? Noah was a high priest and he was their father. And they, literally a whole bunch of stuff had just gone down, which was the flood. And if you go to Jubilee's chapter, uh, here we go. If you go to Jubilee's chapter six and you read, uh, here we go, just one moment, if you go to Jubilees, my bad, chapter 7, right, when Noah is passing on the commandments to his grandsons and to his sons, he says in Jubilees chapter 7 verse 20, and in the 28th Jubilee, Noah began to enjoin upon his sons' sons the ordinances and commandments and all the judgments that he knew. And he exhorted his sons to observe righteousness and to cover the shame of their flesh, a.k.a. put on clothes, and to bless their creator and honor father and mother and love their neighbor and guard their souls from fornication, uncleanness, and all iniquity. Ham was not honoring his father. His father, yes, his father got drunk, right? But guess what? His father was their leader. His father was the high high priest. It's still the order of Melchizedek, right? Is Adam was a high priest? Noah was a high priest. Enoch was, a, which is a high priest and a king, right? So Noah was the king and, and high priest over over the the, the rem, over the, his sons, the remnant that survived the flood. And you know I got a verse right here from Sirach. It says uh, Ecclesiasticus. Sirach chapter 3, verse 2, for the Lord hath given the father honor over the children and hath confirmed the authority of the mother over the sons. Whoso honors his father maketh an atonement for his sins. And if you go down to verse 16 of Ecclesiasticus, Sirach chapter 3, he that forsaketh forgets his father or abandons him is as a blasphemer. Right. So think about it. You know, what type of child you know, your dad gets drunk and he's laying out all naked in his tent. You're just going to leave him there. He went in there and then he went out and told his brothers. So you could only imagine how that went. Now, I'm not going to make any accusations, but that's not that's not a righteous deed. You know, you see somebody who's your father who basically atoned for you because his, you were spared because the Most High loved your father. You're just going to leave him there laid out. You're not going to cover him up. You're not going to check on him like, oh, man, you know. Dad got drunk. He's, you know, he's he's in a bad shape. Let me, you know, cover him up. You know, you know, it's about, it's about respecting your parents. When you go to Exodus chapter 12, I mean, not Exodus chapter 12, sorry. Exodus chapter 20 verse, uh, Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long. Right? Leviticus 19 verse 3, fear your mother and father, revere them, honor them, respect them. When you look at the definition of honor, right? It's, it, it says, you know, it's, it's, it's reverence, it's, it's respect, and that was disrespectful. And then this is when you see the curse that is put on uh, Canaan, right? He says, cursed is Canaan, let him become a servant of servant to his brothers, So basically, you see that he wants Canaan to basically serve Shem because Shem was a righteous son. You know, Shem was a righteous son. And when you go on to read Jasher, you know that he's Melchizedek who talked to Abraham, you know, and uh, who Abraham uh, dealt with in Genesis, I believe, 15. But he was basically saying, like, dude, I, I want your son to go under Shem, who's righteous, because that's not the act of a righteous son. And then there's more to this story than what we read in, uh, in, in Genesis. So when you go to Genesis chapter seven, verse 24, so, so Ham, he was just, you know, a little, uh, you know, he, he, he wasn't, he, he didn't, he wasn't on good behavior. And, uh, that was, that, that was wrong. So it's not this, uh, stuff you see here. Oh, Ham went in there and did something with his father, or did something with his mom, like, no, dude, it's not. It's, that's people trying to lead you into Gnosticism and a couple of other occultic beliefs, so just be aware of that. Uh, so now we're going on to the notes for Genesis chapter 10. So uh, this note is gonna be, uh, the notes carrying on from here is gonna be very, uh, very story-driven. Well, it's real history, but it's gonna be a lot of stuff. So right here, we got Genesis chapter 10, which is all the sons of Noah. And uh, what I uh, studied or at least want to show here in my notes is Genesis chapter 10, verse 8 through 9. And Cush brought forth Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before Yahuwah. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before Yahuwah, in the beginning of his reign was Babel and Erech and Akkad and Kalna in the land of Shinar which is called Samaria today. So these cities, Babel, Erech, and Akkad, and Kalna, were a part of Nimrod's empire. And then if you go down one more verse, from that land, he went to Asher and built Nineveh, and Rehoboth-er, and Kela, and Rezin between Nineveh and Kela, the great city. So Nimrod was the first emperor. Nimrod was a wicked dude, but he wasn't always wicked. So if you go to Jasher, starting at chapter seven, verse 24, This breaks down the situation with Nimrod, with Ham, a lot of stuff, right? So, uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Starting at verse 24. And the garments... Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's start actually at verse 23. And Cush, the son of Ham, the son of Noah, took a wife in those days in his old age, and she bore a son, and they called his name Nimrod, saying, At the time the sons of men began to rebel and transgress against Elohim. And the child grew up, and his father loved him exceedingly, for he was the son of his old age. And the garments of skin, which Elohim made for Adam and his wife, when they went out of the garden, were given to Cush. For after the death of Adam and his wife, the garments were given to Enoch, the son of Jared, Uh, here we go, here we go. The son of Jared lost my place. And when Enoch was taken up to God, he gave them to Methuselah, his son. And at the death of Methuselah, Noah took them and brought them to the ark. And they were with him until he went out of the ark. And in their going out, Ham stole those garments from Noah, his father, and he took them and hid them from his brothers. And when Ham begat his firstborn, you guys see where Ham is a little troublesome. And when Ham begat his firstborn Cush, He gave him the garments in secret, and they were with Cush many days. And Cush also concealed them from his sons and brothers. And when Cush had begotten Nimrod, he gave him those garments through his love for him. And Nimrod grew up, and when he was 20 years old, he put on those garments. And Nimrod became strong when he put on the garments. And Elohim gave him might and strength, and he was a mighty hunter in the earth. Yea he was a mighty hunter in the field, and he hunted the animals, and he built altars, and he offered upon them the animals before Yahuwah. So Nimrod was a righteous man before he fell from grace. Would you would you believe that? I don't know the powers that be removed this book. We, we we've talked on numerous uh previous episodes why, but it, it just it makes sense when you read it, right? And Nimrod strengthened himself, and he rose up from among his brethren, and he fought the battles of his brethren against all their surrounding enemies. And Yahuwah delivered all the enemies of his brethren in his hands, and Elohim prospered him from time to time in his battles, and he reigned upon earth. Therefore, it became current in those days when a man ushered out those that he had trained up for battle. He would say to them, like Elohim did to Nimrod, who was a mighty hunter in the earth, and who succeeded in the battles that prevailed against his brethren that he delivered them from the hands of their enemies so may elohim strengthen us and deliver us this day wow and when nimrod was 40 years old at that time there was a war between his brethren and the children of japheth so that they were in the power of their enemies and nimrod went out at that time and he assembled all the sons of cush and their families about 460 men And he hired also from some of his friends and acquaintances about eighty men, and he gave them their hire, and he went with them to battle. And when he was on the road, Nimrod strengthened the hearts of the people that went with him. And he said to them, Do not fear, neither be alarmed, for all our enemies will be delivered into our hands, and you may do with them as you please." And all the men that went there were about five hundred and they fought against their enemies and they destroyed them and subdued them. And Nimrod placed standing officers over them in their respective places. And he took some of their children as security and they were all servants to Nimrod and to his brethren. And Nimrod and all the people that were with him turned homeward. And when Nimrod had joyfully returned from battle after having conquered his enemies, all his brethren together with those who knew him before assembled to make him king over them. And they placed a regal crown upon his head. Je seven verse forty, so you're starting to see his head starting to get big this is this is when it starts getting bad, and he said over his subjects and people, princes, judges, and rulers, as is the custom among kings, and he placed Terah, the son of Nahor, the prince of his host, and Terah, that's the father of Abraham so Nimrod's already so Abraham's father was Nimrod's right hand man, the prince of his host, and he dignified him and elevated him above all his princes. And while he was reigning, according to his heart's desire, after having conquered all his enemies around, he advised with his counselors to build the city for his palace. And they did so. And they found a large valley opposite to the east, and they built him a large and extensive city. And Nimrod called the name of the city that he built Shinar. For Yahuwah had vehemently shaken his enemies and destroyed them, and Nimrod dwelt in Shinar, and he reigned securely, and he fought with his enemies, and he subdued them, and he prospered in all his battles, and his kingdom became very great. And all nations and tongues heard of his fame, and they gathered themselves to him, and they bowed down to the earth, and they brought him offerings, and he became their lord and king. And they all dwelt with him in the city at Shinar. And Nimrod reigned in the earth over all the sons of Noah, and they were all under his power and counsel. All right. You see, this is the beginning of the the one world order. This is when Babylon becomes that one world order. And all the earth was of one tongue and words of union. But Nimrod did not go in the ways of Yahuwah. And he was more wicked than all the men that were before him from the days of the flood until those days. That power got to his head. And I'm gonna give y'all a little bit of Jubilees chapter 10 that gives you more context to this. And he made little E Elohim, little G gods of wood and stone. And he bowed down to them. And he rebelled against Yahuwah and taught all his subjects and the people of the earth his wicked ways. And Mardin, right, the Babylonian god Marduk later on, Nimrod gets worshiped in the future as, um, you know, Hasatan, that's, that's, that's Zeus, that's Azazel, that's Baal but a lot of a lot of Baal worship is also revolved around Nimrod worship and Marduk Nimrod's son and that's where you get Semiramis and then all this other crazy stuff and Marduk his son was more wicked than his father so Marduk that's another uh translation for Marduk M-R-M-A-R-D-U-K. his son was more wicked than his father and everyone that heard of the acts of Marduk the son of Nimrod would say concerning him from the wicked goes out wickedness therefore it became a proverb in the whole earth saying from the wicked goes out wickedness and it was current in the words of men from that time to this and terra the son of nahor prince of nimrod's host was in those days very great in the sight of the king and his subjects and the kings and the king and princes loved him and they elevated him very high and terra took a wife and her name was Anthelo, the daughter of cornobo And the wife of Terah conceived and bore him a son in those days. Terah was 70 years old when he begat him. And Terah called the name of his son that was born to him, Abram, because the king had raised him in those days and dignified him above all his princes that were with him. So now that we read about Nimrod, check out this verse right here. I got some supporting verses. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8 and 9, where it says, verses 7 through 9, I'm sorry. Two things I have required of you. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny you. Say and say, who is Yahuwah? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my Elohim in vain. Right. What happened is he got he got real rich. Nimrod got all this stuff and boom. What what happened He forgot Yahuwah, he denied him, right? And then there's Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. It's another, uh, it's another good one to this. Proverbs chapter 6, uh, 16 to 18. Where is it at? These six things does Yahuwah hate, yea, seven or the seventh are an abomination unto him a proud look, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood and a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaks lies and him that sows discord among brethren. Now, the verse I want you to keep in mind is Proverbs 6, verse 17. Because the next note I have is uh, Genesis chapter eleven thirty one, which is just one verse, but there's a lot of stuff behind it. So we're not going to be able to read. All of it. But uh, if you guys want to get like the full context to what goes down with Abraham, I suggest you read Jasher chapters 11 and 12. Uh, You could basically read uh, Jasher chapter 7 all the way to Jasher chapter uh, 13. And that'll give you context is that there's a lot that revolves around the birth of Abraham and stuff, which is uh, good to read. We're going to review some of it. But to add some context to what goes on with Nimrod and with all the sons of Noah, like you're like, hey, why are the sons of Noah going to war? So on and so forth. When you go to Jubilees, chapter 10, in the third week of this Jubilee, right? So this is like, I think, uh, about 100 years or a couple, maybe 40, 50 years after the flood. The unclean demons, which is the spirit of the Nephilim. Remember, they're half angel and, and they're, uh, they're, they're they're half angel. And so their physical bodies are destroyed with their spirits remain, right? In the third week of this Jubilee, the unclean demons began to lead astray. The children of the sons of Noah, and to make to err and destroy them. And the sons of Noah came to their father, and they told him concerning the demons which were leading astray and blinding and slaying his sons' sons. And he prayed before Yahuwah his Elohim and said, Elohim of the spirits of all flesh who has shown mercy unto me and has saved me and my sons from the waters of the flood and have not caused me to perish as you did the sons of perdition. For your grace has been great toward me and great has been your mercy to my soul. Let your grace be lift upon my sons and let not wicked spirits rule over them lest they should destroy them from the earth. But do you bless me and my sons that we may increase and multiply and replenish the earth? And you know how your watchers, right? The fallen angels, the fathers of these spirits acted in my day. And let them. And then you fast forward, let them not rule over the spirits of the living for you alone can exercise dominion over them. And in Jubilees chapter 10, it tells you that uh, Mastema, also known as Hasatan, Azazel, etc. took control of these demons and uh basically this is uh any a, the, the, the men who do evil they're they're given over to Haseitan and these unclean spirits. That's why we're supposed to live by Torah in order to not be given over to these demons. But uh also um when you understand even more why this wickedness is going on upon the land, Jubilees chapter 9 correlates with Genesis chapter 10, also known as the table of nations. In uh, Jubilees 9.14, we see, And thus the sons of Noah divided unto their sons in the presence of Noah their father, and he bound them all by an oath, imprecating a curse on every one that sought to seize the portion of of land which had not fallen to him by his lot. And they all said, So be it, for themselves and their sons forever, throughout their generations, until the day of judgment, on which Yahuwah Elohim shall judge them with a sword and with fire, For all the unclean wickedness of their errors, with which they filled the earth with transgression uncleanness, and fornication and sin. So they all divided the land right among themselves. They cast lots with Noah. It's supposed to be an even deal. And no one was supposed to go and conquer the other person's land. And you read in Jubilees chapter nine that Canaan stole that land. He was not supposed to settle in that land. And he took it for himself. That land was supposed to go to Shem and his descendants and Shem and his descendants lived in that land but Canaan had conquered it. So, in Genesis 11 chapter 31, well, really if you go to Genesis 11 starting at chapter 27, it says now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abraham, Nahor and Haran, and Haran begat Lot, and Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees, and Abram and Nahor took them wise. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haram, the father of Milcah, the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abram, Abram his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came into Haran and dwelt there, and the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. There aren't a lot of details of Terah. Obviously, when you look in Jasher, you see that Terah was Nimrod's right-hand man, uh, and he was also a Babylonian high priest. He was in charge of making the idols and all of that, but you don't see that here in Genesis 11. You get those details in Jasher. And in Jubilees, as well as there is a lot to do, because as you see, it just fast forwards to Genesis 12. Now, Yahuwah had said unto Abram, get thee out of that country. But there's a lot of details. So we can't go through all of them right now due to time. But uh, first things first, let's read about the birth of Abraham. And that's in Jasher chapter eight. This is very interesting. So, picking up, uh, picking up off the end of Jasher chapter 7, starting at verse 49. So, this is already Nimrod's already become wicked. And it says, And Terah, the son of Nahor, prince of Nimrod's host, was in those days very great in the sight of the king and his subjects. And the king and princes loved him, and they elevated him very high. And Terah took a wife, and her name was Amthelo, the daughter of Cornobo. And the wife of Terah conceived and bore him a son in those days. Terah was 70 years old when he begat him, and Terah called the name of his son that was born to him, Abram, because the king had raised him in those days and dignified him above all his princes that were with him. Then chapter 8, and it was in the night that Abram was born that all the servants of Terah and all the wise men of Nimrod and his conjurers came and ate and drank in the house of Terah, and they rejoiced with him on that night. And when all the wise men and conjurers went out from the house of terror, they lifted up their eyes toward heaven that night to look at the stars. And they saw and behold, one very large star came from the east and ran in the heavens. And he swallowed up the four stars from the four sides of the heavens. And all the wise men of the king and his conjurers were astonished at the sight. And the sages understood this matter and they knew its import. And they said to each other, this only signifies the child that has been born to terror this night. will grow up and be fruitful and multiply and possess all the earth he and his children forever and he and his seed will slay great kings and inherit their lands and the wise men and conjurers went home that night and in the morning all these wise men and conjurers rose up early and assembled in an appointed house and they spoke and said to each other behold the sight that we saw last night is hidden from the king it has not been made known to him and should this thing get known to the king in the latter days he will say to us why have you concealed this matter from me and then we will all suffer death. Therefore, now let us go and tell the king the sight which we saw and the interpretation thereof. And we will then remain cleared. And they did so. And they all went to the king and bowed down to him to the ground. And they said, may the king live. May the king live. We heard that a son was born to Terah, the son of Nahor, the prince of your host. And we last night came to his house and we ate and drank and rejoiced with him that night. And when your servants went out from the house of terror to go to our respective homes to abide there for the night, we lifted up our eyes to heaven. And then you get the whole vision. And then we go down to verse 12 and it says, and now our Lord and King, behold, we have truly acquainted you with what we have seen concerning this child. If it seems good to the king to give his father value for this child, we will slay him before he will grow up and increase in the land. And his evil increase against us, that we and our children perish through his evil. So they basically put a vision together from what they saw. And they figure that Abram, right, Abraham and his seed were basically going to wipe out these wicked conjurers and Nimrod and whatever. And you know who comes to the line of Abraham. That's the Messiah. So that's very interesting. There's a lot that goes down. This isn't, you know, they they didn't just walk up and leave. And so what ends up happening is, is you know, you guys can read uh, Jasher chapter eight on your own. I don't want this to drag on for too long. But if you go to the end of Jasher chapter eight, what ends up happening is Terra gives Nimrod uh, a his one of his one of the babies of his servants. And then Nimrod gives him the money for it. And Nimrod literally like dashes the baby's head against the wall and kills it. But Abram is spared. And then what happens is uh, terah took the child and he hid him in a cave, right? And Yahuwah protected him. So at Jubilees 835, and Terah took Abram, his son, secretly together with his mother and nurse. And he concealed them in a cave and he brought them their provisions monthly. And Yahuwah was with Abram in the cave and he grew up. And Abram was in the cave 10 years. And the king and his princes, soothsayers, and sages thought that the king had killed Abram. Because Terah didn't want to, you know, give up his only son. Hallelujah. And then uh, when you go further down in Joshua chapter 9, you see. And when Abram came out from the cave, he went to Noah and his son Shem. And he remained with them to learn the instruction, Torah of Yahuwah and his ways. And no man knew where Abram was. And Abram served Noah and Shem, his son, for a long time. And Abram was in Noah's house 39 years. And Abram knew Yahuwah. From three years old, and he went in the ways of Yahuwah until the day of his death, as Noah and his son Shem had taught him, and all the sons of the earth in those days greatly transgressed against Yahuwah, and they rebelled against him, and they served other gods, and they forgot Yahuwah, who had created them in the earth, and the inhabitants of the earth made unto themselves at that time, every man his god, gods of wood and stone, which could neither speak, hear, nor deliver, and the sons of men served them, and they became their gods." And the king and all his servants in terror with all his household were then the first of those that served gods of wood and stone. So as you see, Noah was brought up. Because remember, Noah, um, Abram was brought up in the, in, in the Torah. And as you can see, you know, Noah and Shem lived a couple hundred years after the flood. And this takes place after the flood. So that's who uh, raised up Abram. And Abram was righteous. Also, if you go to Jubilee's chapter 11 you see he was he was a very abram abram was a very righteous child jubilees my bad jubilees 12 and he even questions his father as to uh this is such a great passage right here jubilees chapter 12 and it came to pass in the sixth week in the seventh year thereof that abram said to terah his father saying father and he said behold here am i my son And he said, What help and profit have we from these idols which you do worship and before which you do bow yourself? For there is no spirit in them, for they are dumb forms and a misleading of the heart. Worship them not. Worship the God of heaven, who causes the rain and the dew to descend upon the earth and does everything upon the earth and has created everything by his word, and all life is from before his face. Why do you worship things that have no spirit in them? For they are the work of men's hands, and on your shoulders do you bear them, and you have no help from them. But they are a great cause of shame to those who make them, and a misleading of the heart to those who worship them. Worship them not. And his father said unto him, I also know it, my son. But what shall I do with the people who have made me to serve before them? And if I tell them the truth, they will slay or murder me for their soul cleave to them to worship them and honor them. Keep silent, my son, lest they slay you. And these words he spoke to his two brothers and they were angry with him and he kept silent. Wow. So his father knew his father knew, but he was afraid of being killed. And then imagine knowing that Nimrod's on the hunt for your son and he already thinks that your son is dead. And then there's an incident that goes down in uh, Jasher chapter nine, where basically Abraham smashes his father's idols. And it's pretty funny because he tells him that the idols killed each other. And Terah knew that Abram was lying and he ended up uh, giving him up to, uh, to Nimrod. He, he, he ended up giving them up to Nimrod because he was upset, and um, what you call it, uh, he, he ended up uh, he, he ended up trying to trying to give him up to Nimrod because he was upset, and uh, it, didn't, it didn't work out too well for them, and they ended up uh, having to leave to make a long story short. Uh, when you go to, uh, so it, it wraps up in uh, Jasher chapter 12 and, uh, b- b- basically, uh, Nimrod tried to burn A- Abram alive and it didn't work out. And Abram escaped and went back to hiding in the house of Noah and he hid there. And then his father went to, uh, go find him. And Abram, and then as you see here in Joshua chapter 12, verse 64, uh, Abram said to his father, do you not know that the king thinks to kill me and to annihilate my name from the earth by the advice of his wicked counselors? Now, whom have you here and what have you in this land? Arise, let us go together to the land of Canaan that we may be delivered from his hand, lest you perish also through him in the latter days. Do you not know or have you not heard that it is not through love that Nimrod gives you all this honor, but it is only for his benefit that he bestows all this good upon you? And if he do unto you greater good than this, surely these are only vanities of the world, for wealth and riches cannot avail in the day of wrath and anger. Now, therefore, hearken to my voice and let us arise and go to the land of Canaan out of the reach of injury from Nimrod, and serve you, Yahuwah, who created you in the earth, and it will be well with you, and cast away all the vain things which you pursue. And Abraham ceased to speak, when Noah and his son Shem answered Terah, saying, True is the word which Abram has said unto you. And Terah hearkened to the voice of his son Abram, and Terah did all that Abram said, for this was from Yahuwah, that the king should not cause Abram's death. Then we go to Joshua chapter 13, it says, And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haram, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, the wife of his son Abram, and all the souls of his household, and went with them from ur Kasdim to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came as far as the land of Haran, they remained there, for it was exceedingly good land for pasture in a sufficient extent for those who accompanied them. So... Basically, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes down with Abram and uh, in Babylon, which we're about to touch on uh, real quick when we go through the notes for the next chapter. But um, yeah, this is uh, this is real uh, critical stuff. You know, basically, if you want to get the full context of, of all the stuff that goes down with Abraham. Uh, I wish we had more time uh, to do that. But Jasher chapter eight, all the way to Jasher chapter 15, verse 34, that'll give you the context for this Torah portion. And as to like Abraham's youth, it's uh, Jasher chapter eight to the beginning of Jasher chapter 13. But Abraham was a righteous man because we're about to see right now as well. When you see that they go to the land of Haran, right? When they go to the land of Haran and you see in uh, Joshua chapter 11, my bad, uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, Joshua chapter 13, verse 2 says, And the people of the land of Haran saw that Abram was good and upright with Elohim and men, and that Yahuwah, his Elohim, was with him. And some of the people of the land of Haran came and joined Abram, and he taught them the Torah, instruction of Yahuwah and his ways. And these men remained with Abram in his house, and they adhered to him. And Abram remained in the land three years. And at the expiration of three years, Yahuwah appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Yahuwah who brought you out from Ur-Kasdim and delivered you from the hands of all your enemies. And now, therefore, if you will hearken to my voice and keep my commandments, my statutes and my laws, Then I will cause your enemies to fall before you, and I will multiply your seed like the stars of heaven, and I will send my blessing upon all the works of your hands, and you will lack nothing. Arise now, take your wife and all belonging to you, and go to the land of Canaan and remain there, and I will there be unto you for a God, and I will bless you. And Abram rose and took his wife and all belonging to him, and he went to the land of Canaan, as Yahuwah had told him, and Abram was fifty years old. When he went from Haran, Hallelujah! So many details that you will find in Jubilees and Jasher that, unfortunately, the powers that be removed from our Bibles. So I want to quick take a quick detour and talk about the story of the Tower of Babel because this directly correlates with Abram and the Hebrew language, which which leads us into the next part, going into Genesis chapter twelve. So I want to touch on uh, the notes that I have for the Tower of Babel, which is uh, Genesis 11, verses 1 through 9. And we get a lot of details on this in Jasher so and, and in Jubilees as well. So Genesis chapter 11, 1 through 9 is, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there, and they said to one another, Go. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, a shem, right? A reputation, authority, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And Yahuwah came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men built. And Yahuwah said, behold, the people is one. And they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So Yahuwah scattered them abroad from there upon all the face of the earth, and they left off to build the city. There, Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because Yahuwah did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did Yahuwah scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So right here, starting at Jasher chapter 9, verse 20, it says, And King Nimrod reigned securely, and all the earth was under his control. And all the earth was of one tongue and words of union. And all the princes of Nimrod and his great men took counsel together, put Mitzrayim, Cush, and Canaan with their families. And they said to each other, Come, let us build ourselves a city and in it a strong tower. And it's top reaching heaven and we will make ourselves famed so that we may reign upon the whole earth in order that the evil of our enemies may cease from us that we may reign mightily over them and that we may not become scattered over the earth on account of their wars. You see that one world order stuff and they all went before the king and they told the king these words and the king agreed with them in this affair and he did so and all the families assembled consisting of about 600,000 men. And they went to seek an extensive piece of ground to build the city and the tower. And they sought in the whole earth and they found none like one valley at the east of the land of Shinar about two days walk. And they journeyed there and they dwelt there. Excuse me, guys. And they journeyed there and they dwelt there. And they began to make bricks and burn fires to build the city and the tower that they had imagined to complete. And the building of the tower was unto them a transgression and a sin, and they began to build it. And while they were building against the Yahuwah Elohim of heaven, they imagined in their hearts to war against him and to ascend into heaven. And all these people and all the families divided themselves in three parts. The first said, we will ascend into heaven and fight against him. The second said, we will ascend to heaven and place our own gods there and serve them. And the third part said he will ascend to heaven and smite him with bows and spears. And Elohim knew all their works and all their evil thoughts, and he saw the city and the tower which they were building. And when they were building, they built themselves a great city and a very high and strong tower. And on account of its height, the mortar and bricks did not reach the builders in their ascent to it until those who went up had completed a full year. And after that, they reached to the builders and gave them the mortar and the brick. Thus, it was done daily. And behold they these ascended, and others descended the whole day and If a brick should fall from their hands and get broken, they would all weep over it and If a man fell and died, none of them would look at him so you know the the tower of Babel man it was a very it was a very wicked business, a very wicked business man, and that's why the most high shut it down, and you see it. You know the the uh, the confederation of the nations of the world seeking to root out the righteous and establish their reign upon the earth, and what in the Messiah is coming to, 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 to square that away. It's 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 so it's so wicked, man. And in Jubilees, you get this account. In Jubilees, uh, here we go. Um, so starting at uh, Jubilees chapter ten verse 18 and in the three and thirtieth jubilee in the first year in the second week peleg took to himself a wife whose name was lamna the daughter of Sinar, and she bore him a son in the fourth year of this week and he called his name reu for he said behold the children of men have become evil through the wicked purpose of building for themselves a city and a tower in the land of shinar for they departed from the land of ararat eastward to shinar for in his days they built the city and the tower saying go to Let us ascend thereby into heaven. And they began to build. And in the fourth week, they made brick with fire and the brick served them for stone. And the clay with which they cemented them together was asphalt, which comes out of the sea and out of the fountains of water in the land of Shinar. And they built it. Forty and three years they were building it. Its breadth was 203 bricks and the height of a brick was a third of one. Its height amounted to 5,433 cubits and two palms. So one cubit is 18 inches. So the Tower of Babel, according to modern measurement, was about 1.5 miles tall. Nothing was as tall as this thing. It was very wicked. And two palms and the extent of one wall was 13 stadia and of the other 30 stadia. And Yahuwah our Elohim said to us, Behold, they are one people and this they begin to do. And now nothing would be withheld from them. Go to let us go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech, and they may be dispersed into cities and nations, and one purpose will no longer abide with them until the day of judgment. And Yahuwah descended, and we descended with him to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. And he confounded their language, and they no longer understood one another's speech, and they ceased then to build the city and the tower. For this reason the whole land of Shinar is called Babel, because Yahuwah did there confound all the language of the children of men, and from there they were dispersed into their cities, each according to his language and his nation. And Yahuwah sent a mighty wind against the tower and overthrew it upon the earth. And behold, it was between Asher and Babylon and the land of Shinar, and they called its name Overthrow. Wow, man. What a, what a wicked business. And then one of the reasons why it was a wicked business is because the sons of Noah were tasked with being fruitful. And refilling the earth, repopulating the earth, and a whole bunch of them just gathered in one place and they didn't follow those orders and, and go refill the earth. They they settled in one spot and decided to make war against the Most High, which is is so much wickedness, man. So as you're reading, I want you to understand the Tower of Babel didn't happen before Abram or after Abram. No, Abram was growing up during this time. All of this stuff is happening simultaneously, even though it's you know written down differently. And so you see that Abram, his father Terah, so on and so forth, they leave the land of Ur Kasdim, which is in ancient Babylon. And right here, right, so when we go to Jubilees chapter 12, starting at verse 15, and Terah went out from Ur of the Chaldees, and Terah went out from Ur of the Chaldees. He and his sons to go into the land of Lebanon and into the land of Canaan, and he dwelt in the land of Haran, and Abram dwelt with with Terah his father in Haran two weeks of years, and in the sixth week in the fifth year thereof, Abram sat up throughout the night on the noon of the seventh month to observe the stars from evening to morning in order to see what would be the character of the year with regard to the rains, and he was alone as he sat and observed, and a word came into his heart, and he said, All the signs of the stars and the signs of the moon and of the sun are in all the hand of Yahuwah. Why do I search them out? If he desires, he causes it to rain morning and evening. And if he desires, he withholds it. And all things are in his hand. And he prayed that night and said, My God, God most high, you alone are my God. And you and your dominion have I chosen. And you have created all things and all things that are the and, and all things that are, are the work of your hands. Deliver me from the hands of evil spirits who have sway over the thoughts of men's hearts, and let them not lead me astray from you, my God. Establish you, me, and my seed forever, that we go not astray from now and forevermore. And he said, Shall I return to Ur of the Chaldees, who seek my face that I may return to them? Or am I to remain here in this place, the right path before you prosper it, in the hands of Of your servant that he may fulfill it and that I may not walk in the deceitfulness of my heart. Oh, my God. You see, that's Jeremiah 17 verse nine. The heart is wicked, deceitful above all things. Who shall know it. And he made an end of speaking and praying. And behold, the word of Yahuwah was sent to him through me. This is the angel uh, speaking to Moses, giving him the Torah, saying, Get you up from your country and from your kindred and from you and from the house of your father unto a land which I shall show you. And I shall make you a great and numerous nation. That is where you see Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. All right. It all comes together. That's why it's so important to have Jasher and Jubilees on hand. So Jubilees chapter 12 verse 22 and he made an end of speaking and praying and behold the water the word of yahuwah was sent to him through me saying get you up from your country and from your kindred and from the house of your father unto a land which i shall show you and i shall make you a great and numerous nation and i shall bless you and i shall make your name great and you will be blessed in the earth and in you will all families of the earth be blessed and i shall bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you that is the Abra that, that is that is the blessing of Abraham. Right? Now I want you guys to pay attention to that. You know, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, it says, And I will bless them that bless you, and curse him that curse you, and in you shall all the families of the earth be earth be blessed. Genesis 12, 3. That's that's Messiah, right? And through Abraham all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. But pay attention to this: I shall bless them that bless you, and curse them that curse you, right? And we're the seed of Abraham, so those that bless us will be blessed, and those that curse us will be blessed, right? I'm a firm believer that those who deny Messiah, they receive that curse. Those who curse Paul and try to call him a false apostle, they're getting there, they're they're receiving that, that, that curse, that delusion, that confusion, and those that curse the Torah. Look at all the people who curse the Torah, curse Messiah, call Paul a false apostle. Or try to go after the people and 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 make a bad name of those who want to live righteously, love their neighbors, and keep the commandments of the Most High God in the name of Yahshua, A.K.A. Jesus. They, they, they it, it's no good. It ends up going bad for them, and on the last day they're gonna have a bad time if they don't repent. This this curse and blessing still stand. That's Ju- That's Genesis chapter twelve verse three, and that's Jubilees twelve verse twenty three. Right. And then let's continue. And I shall be a God to you and your son and to your son's son, and to all your seed. Fear not from now and unto all generations of the earth. I am your God. The covenant that the Most High was made with Abraham and his seed is not forgotten at all. And Yahuwah Elohim said, open his mouth and his ears that he may hear and speak with his mouth with the language which has been revealed. For it had ceased from the mouths of all the children of men from the day of the overthrow of Babel. And I opened his mouth and his ears and his lips. And I began to speak with him in Hebrew in the tongue of the creation. And he took the books of his fathers and these were written in Hebrew. And he transcribed them and he began from then to study them. And I made known to him that which he could not understand. And he studied them during the six rainy months. And it came to pass in the seventh year of the sixth week that he spoke to his father and informed him that he would leave Haran to go into the land of Canaan to see it and return to him. And Terah, his father, said to him, go in peace. May the eternal God make your path straight. Because remember, after all that went down in Babel, Terah, Terah had, a, had a change of heart. May the eternal God make your path straight and Yahuwah be with you protect and protect you from all evil and grant unto you grace, mercy and favor. Before those who see you and may none of the children of men have power over you to harm you, go in peace. And if you see a land pleasant to your eyes to dwell and then arise and take me to you and take Lot with you, the son of Haran, your brother, as your own son, Yahuwah will be with you and the are your brother leave with me until you return in peace and we go with you all together. Wow. Wow. How powerful is that? All the languages got changed, got got the, the languages got dispersed and all that because of the wickedness of Babel. And Abram was given the original language, Hebrew. So when you see that all the earth was of one speech and one tongue, they were all speaking Hebrew. Alright, now we're at the last chapter for notes and basically uh, the end of this study. Uh, and starting off, yeah, we we uh kind of started off with Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. But uh, let's just go start off with Genesis chapter 12 and read verses uh, 1 through 8, which is Now Yahuwah had said unto Abraham, Get you out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless you, and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as Yahuwah had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and all the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land, unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of More, And the Canaanite was then in the land." And Yahuwah appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto your seed will I give this land. And there built he an altar unto Yahuwah who appeared unto him. And he removed from there unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar unto Yahuwah and called upon the name of Yahuwah. So if someone says, oh, well, you see Yahuwah, Exodus chapter three, verse you know uh, fourteen or whatever. It, no, it, it's it's not. the The Abram Abram called on the name of Yahuwah. Also, you see that the name of Yahuwah was called on. I believe in Genesis uh, four or five. I can't uh, name it off the top of my head right now. But knowing that that that, that name, they people knew who the creator was. Is Yahuwah. All right. So um. So for Genesis 12, three, you know, it's it, it's it, that's that's Messiah right there. Right. And that's what we talked about uh, earlier. And then when you go to Genesis chapter 12, verse five, if you go to Jasher, it lines up with Jasher, chapter 13, verses tw- uh, 20 to 25. And that lines up with that. And also uh, Jubilees chapter 13, it uh, lines up with that as well. Jubilees chapter 13 verses 1 through 10. And then when we go to Genesis chapter 12 verses 11 to 13, this is when uh, Abraham is in Egypt, right? And so starting right here, Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. And there was a famine in the land and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there. Uh, and Abraham went into Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was grievous in the land and it came to pass when he was come near into Egypt that he said unto Sarah, his wife, behold, now I know that you are a fair woman to look upon Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see you that they shall say this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will save you alive. Say, I pray you, you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and my soul shall live because of you. And it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abraham well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. And Yahuwah plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that you have done unto me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why said you she is my sister, so I might have taken her to me to wife? Now, therefore, behold your wife, take her and go your way; and Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had, so there is a lot more to this than what we just see in Genesis chapter twelve verses ten to twenty. There's way more, and we get more context of that story in Jasher, so there's way more context to the narrative or the history behind Genesis 12 verses 10 through 20 and it starts here at Jasher 15 and it goes all the way to verse 34 and this is a fun story to read there's some funny stuff in it and then after that uh we'll call it uh yeah I guess I guess we'll call this a study all right Genesis uh my bad Jasher chapter 15. And in that year, there was a heavy famine throughout the land of Canaan, and the inhabitants of the land could not remain on account of the famine, for it was very grievous. And Abram and all belonging to him rose and went down to Egypt on account of the famine. And when they were at the brook Mitzrayim, they remained there some time to rest from the fatigue of the road. And Abram and Sarai were walking at the border of the brook Mitzrayim, and Abram beheld his wife Sarai, and she was very beautiful. And Abram said to his wife, Sarai, since Elohim has created you with such a beautiful countenance, I am afraid of the Egyptians, lest they should slay me, right? murder me and take you away. For the fear of Elohim is not in these places. So Abraham, he wasn't like, you know, like, oh, Abraham lied and he was cunning and conniving. No, this was survival. This isn't there's no such thing as dealing in deceit when it's a survival thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if. You know, a guy is, like, trying to, like, rob you and kill you, and he wants to hurt your family. And you're like, hey, then, oh, I I don't don't have a family. And he's like, oh, whatever. And he, like, leaves you alone. That's not dealing in deceit. Or if he's like, oh, where's your family at so I can hurt them too? And you're like, hey, I don't know. And then he, like, goes off. That's not dealing in deceit. That's not being a liar. That's, That's survival. You understand what I'm saying? So he was afraid because, you know, the people... In that area, they didn't have the fear of the most high. So he was like, hey, these people don't believe in what I believe in. So they might, you know, they they, they might hurt us. Surely then you will do this. Say you are my sister to all that may ask you in order that it may be well with me and that we may live and not be put to death. And also like Sarah was a very Sarah was a very beautiful woman. Right. You know, nowadays, you know, we have this, you know, judicial system that for the most part, although people may not agree with it, there is a lot of safety in it, you know, versus back in the day, you know, depending on who who you were and who you were cool with, you could get away with killing the guy and taking his wife. And if you were cool with the right people, no one cared. They were like, hey, whatever. Hey, this guy's a foreigner. Who cares, man? So this was those days back in the day. They got they, they got real gritty. They got real gritty, man. Surely then you will do this. Say you are my sister to all that may ask you in order that it may be well with me and that we may live and not be put to death. And Abram commanded the same to all those that came with him to Egypt on account of the famine. Also, and on top of that, there was a famine. People, people get crazy Um, when, uh, what you call it? People get crazy when there's poverty, you know, all all praise to the Most High in Yahshua's name. We haven't really reached a a time like that in this country. But, you know, if when you see, see, I see these food shortages going on on the news and these uh, export shortages, all these import, you know, holds all this stuff. People get weird. You know, y'all remember in 2020 with all with all the looting, with all the BLM stuff, because people were. You know, there was at an all time high. A lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people were broke during during the pandemic. You know, when when times get crazy, people get crazy, and there's a famine in the land. You're walking around with with, with a beautiful woman at your side. Who's to say a crazy person who, who hasn't had a a woman or, you know what I'm saying? This this is this is a, this is a very grimy time right now. They didn't have supermarkets back then. If there was a famine, and your farm wasn't growing food. I don't even want to think about it Also his nephew Lot He commanded saying If the Egyptians ask you concerning Sarai Say she is the sister of Abram And yet with all these orders Abram did not put confidence in them But he took Sarai and placed her in a chest And concealed it among their vessels For Abram was greatly concerned about Sarai On account of the wickedness of the Egyptians And Abram and all belonging to him Rose up from the brook Mizraim and came to Egypt, and they had scarcely entered the gates of the city when the guard stood up to them, saying, Give tithe to the king from what you have, and then you may come into the town. And Abram and those that were with him did so. And Abram with the people that were with him came to Egypt, and when they came, they brought the chest in which Sarai was concealed. And the Egyptians saw the chest, and the king's servants approached Abram, saying, What have you here in this chest which we have not seen? Now open you the chest and give tithe to the king of all that it contains. And Abram said, This chest I will not open, but all you demand upon it I will give. And Pharaoh's officers answered Abram, saying, It is a chest of precious stones. Give us the tenth thereof. Abraham said, All that you desire I will give, but you must not open the chest. And the king's officers pressed Abraham, and they reached the chest and opened it with force, and they saw, and behold, a beautiful woman was in the chest. See, he was trying to hide his wife in the chest so that they wouldn't take her, and they ended up catching him anyway. And when the officers of the king beheld Sarah, they were struck with admiration at her beauty. And all the princes and servants of Pharaoh assembled to see Sarai, for she was very beautiful. And the king's officers ran and told Pharaoh all that they had seen. And they praised Sarai to the king, and Pharaoh ordered her to be brought. And the woman came before the king and Pharaoh beheld Sarah, right? He saw Sarah and she pleased him exceedingly. And he was struck with her beauty. So, so he saw Sarah and he was like, whoa, like you ever seen a, a, a beautiful woman, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like when I saw my wife, I was like, whoa, like stop dead in my tracks. And Pharaoh beheld Sarah and she pleased him exceedingly. And he was struck with her beauty. And the king rejoiced greatly on her account and made presents to those who brought him the tidings concerning her. So she was so pretty, he gave a reward to the guys who brought her to him. And the woman was then brought to Pharaoh's house and Abram grieved on account of his wife. And he prayed to Yahuwah to deliver her from the hands of Pharaoh. And Sarai also prayed at that time and said, Oh, Yahuwah Elohim, you did tell my Lord Abraham to go from his land and from his father's house to the land of Canaan. And you did promise to do well with him if he would perform your commands. Now behold, we have done that which you did command us and we left our lands and our families and we went to a strange land to a people whom we have not known before. And we came to this land to avoid the famine and this evil accident has befallen us, has befallen me. Now, therefore, O Yahuwah Elohim, deliver us and save us from the hand of this oppressor, and do well with me for the sake of your mercy. And Yahuwah hearkened to the voice of Sarai, and Yahuwah sent an angel to deliver Sarai from the power of Pharaoh. And the king came and sat before Sarai, and behold, an angel of Yahuwah was standing over them. And he appeared to Sarai and said to her, Do not fear, for Yahuwah has heard your prayer. And the king approached Sarai and said to her, what is that man to you who brought you here? And she said, he is my brother. And the king said, it is incumbent upon us to make him great, to elevate him and to do unto him all the good which you will command us. Because they thought Abraham was her brother. They were like, yeah, yeah, he's your brother. He's all good. If he, she was to say that was my husband, you know what I'm saying? He, that's what Abraham was afraid of. And at that time, the king sent to Abram silver and gold and precious stones in abundance together with cattle, men servants and maid servants. And the king ordered Abram to be brought and he sat in the court of the king's house and the king greatly exalted Abram on that night. So this is how he got his riches and the king approached to speak to Sarah and he reached out his hand to touch her when the when the angel smote him heavily. So he just went to like touch her like, hey, come over here. And the angel of you hit him, he beat him up. That's what smoke means. And he was terrified and he refrained from reaching to her. And when the king came near to Sarai, he was just trying to get close to her. The angel smote him to the ground and acted thus to him the whole night. So he was just getting a whooping all night, man. That's that's funny. And the king was terrified. And the angel on that night smote heavily all the servants of the king and his whole household on account of Sarai. And there was a great lamentation that night among the people of Pharaoh's house. And Pharaoh, seeing the evil that befell him, said, surely on account of this woman has this thing happened to me. And he removed himself at some distance from her and spoke pleasing words to her. And the king said to Sarai, tell me, I pray you concerning the man with whom you came here. And Sarai said, this man is my husband. And I said to you that he was my brother, for I was afraid, lest you should put him to death through wickedness. And the king kept away from Sarai and the plagues of the angel of Yahuwah ceased from him and his household. And Pharaoh knew that he was smitten on account of Sarai. And the king was greatly astonished at this. And in the morning, the king called for Abram and said to him, What is this you have done to me? Why did you say she is my sister? Owing to which I took her unto me for a wife. And this heavy plague has therefore come upon me and my household. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go from our land, lest we all die on her account. And Pharaoh took more cattle, men servants and maid servants and silver and gold to give to Abram. And he returned unto him, Sarai, his wife. And the king took a maiden whom he begat by his concubines, and he gave her to Sarai for a handmaid. That's Hagar. So right here, Jasher fifteen thirty-one. that's how Hagar came about. When you see in Genesis chapter 12, verse 20, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. He gave us, he gave Hagar as a maidservant. That was his daughter. That's, that's the daughter of that pharaoh. And the king said to his daughter, It is better for you, my daughter, to be a handmaid in this man's house than to be mistress in my house after we have beheld the evil that befell us on account of this woman. And Abram arose, and he and all belonging to him went away from Egypt, and Pharaoh ordered some of his men to accompany him and all that went with him. And Abram returned to the land of Canaan, to the place where he had made the altar where he at first had pitched his tent. And Lot, the son of Haran, Abram's brother, had a heavy stock of cattle, flocks, and herds and tents, for Yahuwah was bountiful to them on account of Abram. So that's that. That is the uh, wrap up. That's uh, all the jasher and jubilees uh, in the notes that lines up with uh, Genesis 9 through 12. Uh, These are my notes and my take on things, plus the supporting scriptures. Uh, so, yeah, I'm uh open to feedback, guys. Let me know. All right. All right, guys, that was the Torah portion, Genesis chapters 9 through 12, with the full context supporting scriptures of Jasher chapter 7 to chapter 15, verse 34, and then Jubilees chapter six to chapter 13, verse 15. So I'm going to start putting that in in the beginning. I'm not going to read those chapters along with the Torah portion. If you guys want me to do a separate recording, reading all three of them together, let me know. But what I am going to start doing is just, and rather than waiting for you guys to see in the notes, I'm just going to put it uh, starting actually with this episode. You guys can hear it in the beginning of the episode. This is all pre recorded and kind of jumbled up. This is my first time pre recording it on uh, the Anchor app. So thank you for bearing with me if you made it to the end. So I'm just going to start it off putting in, all right, like Genesis 9 through 12. And then this is what you could read in Jasher and Jubilees to get the full context but uh hey thank you guys for listening to the podcast thank you guys for sticking here for you know this year it's just made a new project this year thank you guys for being patient i know it's been such a long time since i uh came out with a torah portion i know it's been a couple of weeks and i know that's like sucks for like consistency shout outs to my brother Dre for uh, Like hitting me up like yo where's the podcast At but uh, yeah And I know the audio quality may not Be as good but uh, thank Y'all for bearing with me shalom 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 I'm gonna uh, push this tour portion out This week and try to play Catch up so don't be Surprised if you just see mad of them come out And then it's gonna be back to releasing Every Shabbat just please bear with me Guys I'm, like, working, you know, two jobs, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out where me and my family's going to live, and, you know, just getting everything together, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm 27 years old with a wife and two kids, and my, you know, all praise to the most high, I'm able to have enough work, whereas my wife can be a stay-at-home mom, but, like, you know, like, we're not rich, like, for my wife to be a stay-at-home mom, we're not living you know, in, in, in luxury, you know, like, they're able, we ain't we ain't starving, per se, there was a situation where we almost got starving because of a freaking snake bite, but, uh, you know, Abba blessed me with a decent job so that my wife can be a stay-at-home mom, but with that, that that comes with, like, you know, your boy is working, and then three miles to feed, and this is, is rough, guys, you know, sh- shout-outs to all the men out there you know trying to provide a biblical home with a stay-at-home wife out here hustling and grinding the right way not illegally i love you all shalom 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 thank you for listening to the guard your garment podcast thank you for supporting me man like dude i don't do this for my own glory i don't do this for vanity i don't even really make money off of this stuff and i never wanted to make money like you know everyone who's donated you know hallelujah, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. I don't understand like when I was going through that situation earlier this year, all that money shout out to my brother dre, shout out to my brother Bryson gray my 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 sister, miss rothblatt all of them everybody, everybody, everybody I, I wish I could name you all. I'm just shooting off the top of my head. be cheesy, like you know what I'm saying? There's just so many people. Thank y'all so much. Like, y'all helped me so much, man. Like, you know, I I almost got tears in my eyes right now. You guys are so incredible, man. And I I appreciate you all for supporting, you know, this ministry. Like, all I just want to do is just share the word and help people become edified and and walk in the way, whichever possible way I can. Or if I could just uplift you or just show you some love or let you know you're not alone in this situation. Like, I love y'all, man. For real, for real. Shalom. Pray y'all enjoy this and you know keep on keep on walking in the way, following Yahuwah and Yahshua's name. Amen. I love y'all. Shalom. Thank y'all. Alright. I'm out. Uh I'm gonna play uh, a nice track. This track's gonna start the next episode, but it's uh Amos 3, 1 through 3 by my brother Hezekiah. I love y'all, shalom, shalom, shalom. And this is the Guard Your Garment Podcast. All right, guys, the track that's ending tonight's episode is Amos 3, verse 1 through 2 by Hezekiah. Uh, the link to it will be in the description. Amos 3, 1 through 2 by Hezekiah. It's a favorite by me and my wife. I like to listen to it in the morning when the sun's rising and coming home from the gym. You know, it's, really, it's a really nice track.
2: I know y'all, the main ones I'm watching on my throne. Created everything, but I called you my own. That land I gave you, put my name in my home. Yeah, that's my home. Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I made a promise, can't nobody take it I chose to put you above all the nations Out of your graves, I chose to awaken We made a covenant, don't you forsake it Come get protected while they going crazy Israel my firstborn, my baby Israel my firstborn, my baby I woke you up in your land of captivity I do not change, I want you to remember me Laws and commandments, I gave you the remedy Go read the testimonies for your memory I sent them prophets, but you wasn't hearing me I come to you Really come near to me I heard you cry Now it's time to take it to me I don't know what got you From all of your enemies Who you know open the sea Them waters was bitter But I made it sweet In Case you ain't know how to swim I'm, I'm your protector So I made you walk on your feet This a reminder you married to me I just want you to be All I called you to be They called you niggas But I made you priests I'm about to give you back everything I'm sending plagues for you I'm sending boys Drying up rivers I leave them dead for you Tell Pharaoh, let my people go, you heard what I said for you Tell Pharaoh, let my people go, you heard what I said for you For you, you only have I known Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne Created everything but I called you my own That land I gave you, put my name in my home uh, Yeah, that's my home, Israel I'm the reason you We made a covenant. You ain't remember me. You broke the covenant. I sent your enemy. Get out my land since you wasn't fearing me. I'm, I'm, I'm the reason they put you in chains. I'm the reason they switched up your name. I'm the reason why you in the hood. I'm the reason of all your pain I'm sending flows, fast daily Think I don't love you, y'all my babies Gave my son, huh? must be crazy Come out that system, come out of that lady They got that military, it would not phase me It would not move me, it would not graze me Remember Egypt, I did all that for my people You only ever I known Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne Created everything, but I called you my own that land I gave you, put my name in my home uh, Yeah, that's my home You only ever known Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne Created everything, but I called you my own That land I gave you, put my name in my home Yeah, that's my home Israel.